Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you another week as we dive in, dive through New Movie Month. New Movie Month. Cinema. That's right. This whole month, we are watching movies that have new metal on the soundtrack, finding out, are these movies themselves new metal in some way? This week, a movie that really is what got this ball all rolling. A recommendation came through. Jenny, lit up your eyes like I'd never seen. Oh, true. What a fool I am. <laughs> oh, don't get ahead of yourself. That's right. We're going to be talking about the Little Nicky soundtrack, music from the motion picture, Adam Sandler's 2000 devil comedy film we're gonna talk all about this movie we're gonna talk about the soundtrack we're gonna talk about the year 2000 all these things are going to happen but before we do first and foremost that we have to talk about who's tweeting who's tweeting who is more importantly jenny who's in those dms sliding up in I don't know exactly who this came from, but someone did send us a screenshot of Chinese Democracy by good old Guns N' Roses. The Wikipedia genre tags, we got hard rock, industrial rock, electronic rock, and new metal. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I could not believe this when this rolled into the DMs. And I think the message just like, guys, I was like, wait, what? I think I want to say this was Chris who sent this. All I know is I could not believe this when this rolled in. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? We just, I feel like we just got done with San Anger. And now you're bringing GNR into this? I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't know. Hey, you know we're going to do it eventually, right? Uh, <laughs> now that it's been thrown at us, that's the thing. Anyone else would be like, well, we can just dismiss that out of hand. And us, we look at it and we're like, let me. It's got the put, tag. Let me put the kids to bed. It's got the tag. It's got the tag. Thank you. Thank you very much for sending that our way. We got a new segment. It's called Who's Asking? Who's Asking? Who is? Uh, over on Twitter. Uh, a Twitter user named Marissa Galvez asked the question, what's the worst thing that's been in the background while you've had sex? For me, it's the movie Ratatouille. And a commenter by the name of Satan Nina commented back and said, the Roach Coach episode on Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> Rough stuff. Rough stuff. Rough stuff there. So sorry. Why? I mean, I want to know. Yeah, Jenny. How? I don't even understand how that situation begins to transpire. (laughs) Like, unless you're in like a years long. I I mean, maybe this was like, I don't know. I, I just don't understand how you go from having Roach Coach on unless we just automatically came up in some sort of a shuffle or playlist situation 
there's nothing about this podcast that could possibly make anybody want to have sex ever again. Maybe we've ruined sex for some people with some of the stuff we said. I mean, possibly. I mean, here's the thing. I honestly, I agree with Jenny. I never thought the day would come where we would be the sex playlist. I didn't see it happening. We are the Mrs. O'Leary's farm of this playlist. <laughs> That's 100% what I thought of. I was um, like, oof, so wow. sorry, so I mean, sorry. That's just, yeah, I mean, just the scenario, hard to believe. So thank you for letting us know, uh, say Nina. And then, uh, Jenna, we also got a question. And who's asking? Who's from, asking? Uh, from Dylan Thorpe. That's right. Dylan says, any chance you guys could take a look at Matrifaggy by Tala? It's a recent new core release featuring Mike Portnoy's son on drums and a pretty notable YouTube solo artist on vocals. I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find an album that sounds anything like this. So I listened to the Tala record, I think, last weekend. And I went in, open ears, open heart. Let's see it. Let's check it out. The vocals on this record feel to me as somebody who's been listening to new metal basically nonstop for the last four plus years unhinged in what felt like a pretty good way this record is nonstop. i don't think it's got a slow boy at all this thing is pretty wild but the vocals of this guy he's got zero fucks i'm holding up the zero symbol right now how many fucks this guy's got zero, zero zero fucks so i think it's a pretty hot one matt do you want to just i don't even know what the single was from this thing i just know like everyone's like yo check out tala they're out of control and based on my one listen can confirm this is what i got earache records presents tala overconfidence is the name of this song they're on one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. oh that's a pretty new metal chorus yeah oh you know what i think we did i think we did another one of their songs like led a couple weeks ago i feel like maybe yeah, yeah this is not our first foray into talking about we did led we did do led we did do led man i gotta tell you my brain just there's a lot going on in the world i'll tell you my brain is fucked (laughs) it is garbage right now so is mine last Uh, week 
last week, how many albums did we ask if we've done already? And each one of them we had done, which means that we have poured hours of our lives into things that we have forgotten. Yes. Blanketly forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that's really crazy is that we have recordings of us talking about them semi-knowledgeably and yeah it's gone so at least we have that to go through unlike say like when you've spent years watching a tv show and then somebody's like did you ever watch that show and you're like i did but you remember nothing but you know it was like appointment viewing for years i watched every season of alias a lot Mm. of that is gone a lot of that is gone. oh yeah 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 there's only so much room in there but I couldn't tell you much about Stranger Things season one, and that's a lot sooner than Alias was. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh-oh. I don't even try to remember any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't try to remember any movie I watched. I don't try to remember shows. I don't try to remember. If it's well, important, I'll look it up. <laughs> we have now reached that point with this show where I don't remember anymore. For the first three years, I felt fairly encyclopedic, and now I am like awash. Ever since I can't listen to the show on my drive into work because I'm working from home, I have uh, slipped, guys. I've slipped. It's it's okay. At a certain point, listen, the episodes that people want us to remember, they will continue to remind us. We will never forget the fact that we did not induct the first Corn album into the canon first episode we'll never be allowed to forget that other other records we remember we remember the deftones we remember <laughs> well we remember here's the funny thing uh-huh, now, i don't yeah. know if you know this about corn oh Matt. but most guitars have uh-huh. six strings okay corn how many have they got they popped another string on there baby get out of here seven Shut- your fucking mouth, man. Man, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You're lying, right? Wait now. a minute. Wait a minute. I cannot. Let me just tell you. Wait, the whole time that we've been listening to corn, they've been using seven strings. Guys, I think it really helps in what I would like to call corn's signature sound. So, every time that somebody has criticized something that we've done, we all remember. Oh, yeah. Anytime I've messed anything up, I remember. So it's just like the rest of life. Yes. Every week, people are like, love what you're doing. But like one person says something not even salty. And we're just like, all right. Well, that's a bit for (laughs) the entire run of this show. That's right. I'll be thinking about it on my deathbed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that you guys came here to see. Also, did you know Corn's? signature sound came from seven that's That's right right. that's right matt our final words to each other will be a bit (laughs) oh buddy you know it will be it's it's kind of fucked up that we know that's gonna be true (laughs) oh man uh roundabout way to come back around to say thank you dylan for asking us about tala the record rips expect to hear us review it in 2030 Oh, here we go. Perfect. Another new segment. New reviews. New reviews. They're new. We um, have a little thing. It's still ongoing. It's called the Twisted Two Hundo, the Hundo Never Dundo. Never Dundo. Never done. Hundo Never Dundo. 
we get 200 reviews on iTunes, we will do an episode all about Twisted. We have not forgotten about that. That's still front of my mind. And we got a new review on iTunes from Cameron. Jenny, what did Cameron have to say? Cameron says, I finally made an iTunes account after buying my first iPhone. The first thing I thought about was getting to review this podcast so that y'all could get closer to the Twisted 200, if that's even still happening. Y'all haven't said anything about it. It seems to be a lifetime. Well, fantastic podcast. Highly recommend for any music lover. Keep it rolling forever. Thank you. Keep it rolling, baby. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, you know, we remember the Twisted 200 because it's a goal unrealized. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> There's nothing special about what we remember here. It's just all the, all the haunting things. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Cameron, for, for reviewing us. Much appreciated. Also, we got to talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? Who is? Stephen Bedford sent us an email. Subject, defenestration. He said, sup, Roach Riders. Hope you're all keeping well. Couple of questions for you. One, I went back and re-listened to episode 106, Helmet Meantime. And Matt refers to Paige Hamilton wearing a rugby and Helmet members wearing rugbies. I'm completely stumped here. What is a rugby? Is that like a rugby shirt? Were Helmet all Secret Six Nations fans? Matt, do you remember this? Yes. Yes, of okay. course. Because it is because they are wearing rugby shirts. I don't know if they were particularly fond of a rugby team. I don't know if they liked the All Blacks or anything like that. But yes, there's a picture. If I let's see if I can see helmet. Meantime, if I just take a look a image search of that. Nope, I'm just getting the album cover. And maybe if I put in rugby, guys, it doesn't come up. But okay. it's in, it's in my memory. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, thank you, Matt. The second question from Stephen is, have you ever, have you come across North Hampshire UK band Defenestration before? Because I swear they were mentioned in Joel McIver's New Metal Bible, which I took out of my local library 15 years ago and have since returned. Otherwise, that would be one hell of a library fine. Check out the video for Stitched, Sick Riffs, and Everyone Looking New AF. Yours, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen, for this. Matt, Yes. let's hear a little bit of Stitched, which, song title alone, I'm already feeling those new metal vibes. I feel like somebody has mentioned Defenestration to us before. Yes. I, I think it was on a list, and we could not know what, there was no link, and so we just kept listening to things with that name and kept going, nope, nuh-uh, nope, that's not it. <laughs> well, we got it right, and here it is. Defenestration with Stitch.
I like it. I like it. I like the whole vibe. Definitely new AF. Jenny, thoughts on defenestration? I'd like to hear more. There you go. All right, defenestration. Now that we got a link, now we got a song. We're going to throw you on that long list, baby. Thank you, Stephen. Jenny, we also got a we got an email from an, an old friend, Roadrider for Life. That's right. Brianna Wolf sent us an email with the subject if Corn and Max went to Mexico and made an album. It might sound like the 2020 release from Astro Rain entitled Millennia Death. They make a lot of moves that are reminiscent of Corn, but they layer them over a bass sound that's much more in line with the new metalcore movement. There's also moments where it gets super heavy, mostly on the features. Which is, of course, a very Max Cavalera move. Uh, the icing on this new metal cake is the inclusion of a cover of a classic one-hit wonder from the 80s. And uh, we have a link to this. Yes, we do. Let's take a listen. Here's Astro Rain with El Sol. It looks like the son of your death. I don't speak Spanish. Sorry. Once again. Look at the sky, the stars dying forever. It's so fall, we are the worst. This is here, the end of this era. The dawn is on our skin. We are the I mean, I mean, mean. when you write a description that pretty much nails it. That perfect description. She set it up for us, and I heard it all. I hear the corn. I hear the max. I hear the new. I mean, that's us. That's us. Although, I couldn't tell if the link was too a cover of an, a one hit wonder or if this was just a random. So I don't think this is the cover because this didn't sound like anything I recognized either way. Killer. Awesome. Let me check that out. Jenny thoughts on Astro rain. Loved it. Can't wait to hear more. There we go. And, uh, Oh, Jenny, she had a PS. Oh yeah. I finally listened to every single episode of road coach and I can't thank you all for existing. You've helped me broaden my musical taste and you've made me laugh so many times I don't even want to think about attempting any new metal math to figure out exactly how many. Keep on being the best and keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling, baby. Thank you. Thank you, Brianna. And finally, we did an episode a few months ago. We None of us remember, but we did it. All about Simon Says. And we got some feedback. Yes, we did. Josiah Russell says, I want to second that Amir recommendation. It's an absolute banger. All right. More more Amir push. Thank you, Josiah. Elric said, man, being at least a few years younger than you guys, I definitely remember this band for something completely different than this album. They had a song called Life Jacket that was all over a Disney Channel movie called Johnny Tsunami. 
I can't find the video now, but they also had a music video of this song with footage from the movie playing on the channel from time to time. This video I did find, which he included, is the scene when the song plays in, and as you can tell, it's a much, much different sound than on this record. I kind of agree that some of this album seems forced. There's footage of them playing in their high school a couple years earlier, and it sounds way more like their earlier work than this. I don't dislike this as much as you guys did, but I can't really disagree with most of your assessments. Jenny, you're a bit of a Disney Channel head. Are you familiar with the movie Johnny Tsunami? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, I okay. So I should say, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Like we were talking about before, <laughs> what could I tell you about Johnny Tsunami outside of the fact that it exists? Very little, my friends. I don't have any recollection of Simon Says. I, You know, I, I know that we talked about this when we did the episode but i thought simon says maybe this is why i thought they were a boy band because they had some like disney channel shit going on too but i do not recall them in this movie okay all right we got a message from sam hart yes sam hart simply says head pe only in america do it you cowards okay you cowards listen we will do another head PE record. As long as Jared keeps putting them out, we will keep reviewing them. Rest assured. I mean, especially since we were told Only in America, which I believe is the next one, is is is, is super just fucked up, right? It's supposed to be crazy? Yeah. All right. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's it, It'll happen. It'll happen. Alejandro said, another classic episode. I was cracking up when Jenny mentioned sliding into that smooth boy during the higher power song. I remember the first time I heard her mention that term during the Slaves on Dope episode. To commemorate it, I made this meme of Jason Rockman, the singer of Slaves on Dope. And he has a picture of Jason. And Jason is wearing a Star Trek The Next Generation t-shirt. While rocking, and his face is contorted in the way it would be when you were singing, and it says that face he makes when he's about to slide in that smooth boy. And uh, once again, Alejandro, thank you for letting us know that the first time the smooth boy is mentioned is in the Slaves on Dope episode. I yeah. don't remember. I, don't I agree. Remember. And great choice for this picture. This is one of those pictures where the eyes follow you no matter where you go. <laughs> haunting, I'll say. Truly. Much like a smooth boy. Quite haunting. <laughs> Candy music, I think. Is that how that's pronounced? Canadai. Canadai. Yeah. Canadai music. So sorry. Please send me a phonetic breakdown of this and I'll correct it the next time we talk about feedback. But uh, they say, so I thoroughly enjoyed the app. Can't wait to see what next week's pick on my recommendations list is. Oh, so it's Andrew, right? Andrew, Andrew Wolf. Yeah. Andrew Wolf. Oh my gosh. You came in under a different name. You spooked me, Andrew. How dare you sneak <laughs> up like this? Hello. Uh, just to be aware, Dark Complex has two vocalists. What a surprise when I found that out. The secrets that the the treasures that Dark Complex has for us. Incredible. Speaking of them, Dar- Gareth Davies is another stellar recommendation from the Wolf of New Metal. I love that Dark Complex album. Unlike this character at Stereo Gum. A link to an article on Stereo Gum. And apparently the band themselves, and I, I looked at both these articles, I had forgotten, because I know when Dark Complex came up on the show, I was like, who are these? I don't know who they are. But then I read this article that he linked to on Stereo Gum, which I remember it was sent to us way back. This is all about our memories just being just so fluid and nothing sticking. That they were in this article on Stereo Gum called The Worst New Band in America, listed them as new metal. 
And basically this article just like ripped them apart savagely. And I remember thinking like, the, you know, there's just no, there's just no respect for new metal. What's going on here? Give these boys a chance. And, but I, clearly I didn't, I must have listened to a song, but you know, nothing stuck for whatever reason. And then he linked to this Reddit interview with uh, one of the members of the band that really breaks down everything that happens. And I initially I was going to read it, but let's be real, you guys. Are we going to do Dark Complex on the show? You bet your ass we are. So I'm going to save this for when we do Dark Complex. So yeah, thank you, Gareth, for sending both of those over. And finally, Mike Palladino says, Jennifer, thank you for explaining the root of all relationship problems. Preach. Now, do I remember what I said that was? <laughs> no, but now I'm going to remember that if any troubled waters should arrive, I'll be like, I better go back to that Simon Says episode. I one time knew what I'm doing is I'm just like planting little Easter eggs of my knowledge through this whole backlog so that like in my life I can just go back and remember the things that I felt I knew at one time there you go yeah but yeah next time you and Mitch have an argument you're like wait a minute something hold on let's listen to the Simon Says episode I <laughs> I broke it down somehow I figured I'll out what we need tell to do. you that's gonna help for sure <laughs> I know that this will help yeah. <laughs> let's listen to the podcast <laughs> You seem tense. Let's listen to my podcast. Let's listen to my podcast. That'll cheer you up. Uh, that'll cheer you right <laughs> up. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt, I mean, you've, you've got a special one. You and Catherine, you know, if things get tense. You say, which of my podcasts would you like to listen to? That's correct. Yes. <laughs> and when the answer is a crushing none of them. Oh, she's got three great choices and doesn't want to hear any of them. Unbelievable. All right. Well, that's it for Who's Tweet. And thank you so much, everybody, for writing in and jogging our memories and telling us that one day we're going to do a Guns N' Roses episode. Thank you so much. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email. Roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. New movie month continues. New movie month. This week, we are talking about Little Nicky. Music from the motion picture. Jenny... When did this movie come out? This movie was released on November 10th, 2000. And when did the soundtrack come out? October 31st, 2000. Uh, once thick again, definite thick of it. And once again, they give you a week or so to get yourself ready with the soundtrack before you, you shoot over to the multiplex say one ticket for little nicky please because i've been listening to this soundtrack all week and they said did it make you want to see the movie more well i guess we'll go around good question matt i guess we'll go around jenny we'll start with you history with little nicky and with adam sandler oh well adam sandler was like ubiquitous like i mean i i was a young I was a tween young teenager when Billy Madison came out so I just absolutely ate that shit up like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore pretty much just like oh my god yes I'll watch anything I thought Adam Sandler was hilarious watch his best of NSL SNL best of snl tape uh listen to his albums mm. 
you know, <laughs> uh, loved him, loved him, thought he was cute. Mm. I did. I really did. I saw this movie in the theater. Whoa. Yeah. I don't remember what I thought of it at the time. I didn't remember it. I did not remember it, which is why I felt so excited when I saw it come up as a potential suggestion. I was like, we guys, I don't care what you choose. I choose little Nikki. That's my choice. I was adamant. It was the first movie we picked out. I was so into it. Yeah. Like I, I was a big Adam Sandler fan. I fell off after. I mean, it must have been around this time. I've revisited Billy Madison, and I very recently watched Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore actually does hold up, in my opinion. But yeah, that's it. That's it for me and Sandman. How about you, Lauren? So yeah, I was a big Adam Sandler fan in the 90s. I, uh, his, uh, his third album... Stan and Judy's Kid got a ton of play when I was in middle school and high school. Or wait, was that one? That one was in high school. What was the one with medium pace on it? Is that they're all going to laugh at you? They're all going to laugh at you. Yes. So I went to band camp and that thing was basically every day we listened to that thing. Like obsessively. We love that record. And Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore both considered great hilarious classics although i'm more of a happy gilmore person than a billy madison person billy madison i remember remember watching it once this is such a stupid lauren high school opinion but i remember watching it in high school and going it's this is a little loosey-goosey plot wise it's a little all over the place (laughs) which you know what once we get into this movie eating those words (laughs) yeah eating those words let me tell you yeah i i saw i think i saw Everything after that in the theaters, wedding cra- wedding planner, no wedding planner, the wedding singer. Oh, the wedding singer. Yes. Yeah. Wedding I did singer. like that movie. Yeah, I saw that one. I, I liked that one. Think that's one of his best. Oh, I don't think that's I don't think there's any disagreement there, Matt. But yeah, I saw that. I saw Waterboy. Is there one after Waterboy? Little oh, Big Daddy. Mm. I saw that. Me too. And then and yeah, I saw and then yeah, and I saw little Nikki in the theater. I don't know if I saw it opening weekend. I think I was aware that it was flopping because this movie was a flop. Uh, it was it's Sandler's first flop. And I just remember going to it and my opinion at the time was, that's not bad. I had a good time. I'm with my roommate. We laughed a lot. And I was like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. But I did not see any more Adam Sandler movies in the theater, comedy ones, after that. I saw like his dramatic ones. I saw Punch Drunk Love and I saw Uncut Gems. Yeah, otherwise I did not watch any of his other films. And I don't think I've seen this. I think this is my first time watching an Adam Sandler movie in a while. Although I did rewatch or at least see parts of some of those other movies, uh, specifically Big Daddy and Waterboy when I was in college. And I remember watching The Waterboy and thinking, oh, this was a one-time watch. This is This movie does not stand up. And then I remember watching Big Daddy again and being stunned that that movie is actually a pretty grim court procedural with like three jokes. That That's also a pretty bad movie. And so, yeah, so after that, yeah, I just wasn't watching any of his uh, various Netflix things or anything like that. My time with the Sandman had ended until today. when we Or until uh, Uncut Gems. Until, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, yeah, I watched 
Punch Drunk Love, one of my favorites, and then Uncut Gems, which um, which I highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. Uh, Matt, history with the Sandman. So I've got a little bit more time on the planet than you two. So I, I definitely hit the Sandman earlier. So I burned out faster. If they say, like, who was your peak SNL cast? Mine was uh, Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, um, like that that one. Mike That's Myers. The, Mike Myers. Oh, yeah. Kevin Nealon. Uh, the, that was the cast. And he came in, and once they started slowly re, uh, replacing those. And I thought he was very funny. I always loved the songs. Always loved the songs. The Like the turkey song and the uh hanukkah song always always got me there did not like they're all gonna laugh at you that missed me loved happy gilmore love billy madison and then uh love wedding singer i think wedding singers is his best and then yeah basically after that i stopped watching his movies pretty much altogether. i've never seen Waterboy all the way through i've never seen nicky little nicky i did see 50 first dates or whatever that one is where uh, he's marrying Drew Barrymore and he always has to remind her that they're in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that one too. I'm just going to uh, let you guys know which ones I've seen when you mention yeah. them. <laughs> uh, I think Punch Drunk is great. And I've only seen part of uh, Uncut Gems because it makes me so uncomfortable. Um, but uh, Little Nicky is... Uh, well, I didn't watch it. I'm going to be honest, and um, I cannot believe, oh, I, I have so I have thoughts, even though I've never seen the movie, I have thoughts. I'm like, <laughs> we, yeah. and my first thought is, we should just make a Funky Ken movie, because it seems that you could do any asinine impersonation or voice through a whole movie, and I guess it carries it. No. Well, I don't think it, I mean, carries it. I mean, it's in it. I don't think it's carrying much. I think a Funky Ken movie would be amazing. I think a Funky Ken movie would be incredible. For one, you could have the same amount of product tie-ins as Adam Sandler does. I mean, this movie really should be called Popeye's Chicken. That's true. And I will admit, <laughs> I really wanted fried chicken mm -hmm. by the time the movie was done. Now, did I order it? No. Because I'm no slave mm. to capitalism. Mm. JK. But because I knew it would make me feel bad, I didn't order it. But yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, we had the Virgin Megastore on Dracula 2000, and, and now we have Popeyes. So we do. Um, Jenny, I think it's only fair that you give us a quick summation of what Little Nicky is all about. Okay. So Adam Sandler is one of three sons of the devil and the other two sons are like tough or smart and he's somehow he like he has a weird voice because he got hit in the head with a shovel um and then the other two brothers are like evil and the dad is like look i'm gonna keep being the devil for 10,000 more years because none of you are, are quite ready to do this responsibly and ethically. And the, the other two brothers are like, fuck this. And then they hop out of the portal and they're on earth. And apparently if you do that, then the devil starts to disintegrate. 
And so they have to send Adam Sandler's character, Nikki, to capture the brothers in a little flask that he's got to capture them in. And they all have to come back through the gates of hell at the same time. So Adam Sandler bops up to New York and he's not very good at anything. He's guided around by a talking bulldog named like Mr. Chubbs or something like that. Who's this voiced by? Robert Uh, Smigel. Yep. Oh, okay. So um, he meets all sorts of characters along the way, has to fight his brothers, meets a girl. We get a really weird, maybe the only time I genuinely laughed through the whole movie was at John Witherspoon's cameo, (laughs) Um, which was offensive, but also funny. And then, I don't know, he eventually like is able to capture his brothers and a whole big heaven and hell showdown happens and there's a giant tub of Popeye's chicken and then <laughs> he... He gets a job at Popeye's! Oh yeah, he gets a job at Popeye's and has like a baby. Um, I don't know. It's a mess. The film's a mess. Yeah, Jenny Jenny summarized it perfectly. That is a pretty good summation of this movie that, let's just get ahead of it, is incredibly bad. My memory mm-hmm. my memory was very kind of this movie. I texted uh, my buddy Justin afterwards. I was like, dude, Little Nicky is very bad. And he goes, I thought you liked that one. I was like, I was wrong. 2000s me was wrong. This movie is super bad. I You, you were know, on one? I think I just was... I don't know. Freshman year of college, I was just like, "Sure, whatever. Do your thing, Adam. I'm here." Yeah, it's it's for one, the choice to do this weird whisper voice basically pushes Adam Sandler, who has always been in all of his other movies up to this point, the boisterous focal point. It basically makes him a sport, supporting character in his own movie. He's basically allows himself to be pushed out of every scene by being such a feeble nobody. And also, like, he's contorting his face in a way that is clearly he's making a face. Like, they, they make this whole point. It's like, oh, my face is all crazy because I got hit with a shovel, which is the clun- some of the clunkiest exposition I've ever seen. But even then, it, it's sort of just like, yeah, this guy's just making a face. If he stopped doing that, his face would be fine. And But the whole movie has that vibe of, like, do we want to spend the effort? Do we want to take the time? And it's like, no, we don't. We're just going to keep moving. And this movie is all plot, all plot. Everything is plot. I, I I thought there'd be more like digressions or something or just like moments for jokes, but I really feel like this whole movie is just plot, plot, plot. And so that, that I mean, that got it moving along, got us done in a tight 90, but I feel like that made it even more brutal to the watch. Only, well, the only, the space where they, I think, would have had jokes, they filled with callbacks to previous movies. Inexplicable. The characters what? from previous movies, so like Chubbs the golf pro they show him in heaven uh you get rob schneider's character from the water boy yep um there was more there's another one i can't i can't quite place it either but yeah the movie is full of callbacks and just it i mean it's packed with all of his friends as they all as all adam sandler movies are but it does feel like they were like we got to make another movie and they had the wisp of a press uh, of a premise but not much more. And so they just chalked it full of just references to the old ones. Just, it doesn't feel, I mean, not to say that the other movies have like a real lived in feel to them, but this one, 
it was crazy to watch something that felt both expensive and cheap at the exact same time. Everything about it just yeah, just felt very tossed off. There were scenes and shots that I felt like this was the take. They did one and they were like, this is fine. Who cares? Don't worry about it. I'd say the two parts I laughed was the Regis Philbin cameo. That was very funny. The Regis Philbin. So basically, when the evil sons go to Earth, they just are corrupting all of New York and making everybody be bad. And so you have like a newscaster who keeps showing up throughout the movie telling you all like the terrible things that have now been made legal and all this stuff like that. And at one point, yeah, Regis is on TV and he just basically talks about how like a guy was like tailgating him. So he like got out of his car and like beat him to death with the bat and was like, he's like, I was like De Niro and untouchables in that moment for one RIP Regis. And two, I thought it was an inspired moment. Somebody actually going for it in a movie where everybody else, I felt like everybody else was sort of phoning it in. And the other part I thought was kind of funny was there was a, a, a sequence where Adam Sandler just walking down the street, just going up to people that he thinks might be his brothers in disguise and going, get in the flask, get in the flask. And I don't know, I felt like that card sort of the repetition of that eventually made me slightly chuckle. But after that, it was a long ass slog. But then you've got the soundtrack because I'm like, I got my ears open like when this movie starts where am i new at where are my soundtrack songs at and according to the back of this cd which i do have a physical copy of here only two of these songs are apparently not in the movie you could have fooled me because there are so many songs in this movie not in the soundtrack so much hair metal dandy warhols get an entire montage set to them ozzy cool in the gang cool in the gang multiple pod songs that are not on this soundtrack i believe there's a there's an entire chase sequence sent to set to south town maybe yes that's right yeah so i was kind of thrown by that but more than anything it really did seem at a certain point where i was like is this movie new metal by by the decision of people that were not adam sandler because his character is introduced as a metalhead, rocking out to Van Halen's Run with the Devil, R.I.P. to a legend. And I remember and they do a, they do some shots of his his hell bedroom and it's covered in posters. And you see Blizzard of Oz, you see Ozzy, all that stuff. And then like I think there's a slipknot one you see real quick, but it seemed pretty clear to me that Little Nicky is more of like a like a classic metal classic head. 80s metalhead and it makes sense because at this point adam sandler when he made this movie is 34 years old <laughs> which when i saw that number i went wow <laughs> there we go adam sandler's 34 when he makes this movie he's well outside the age range and audience of new metal i think pretty clearly yeah I, I kind of doubt he was there opening night for Chocolate Starfish when it dropped. And part of me thinks that they were like, well, we could populate this soundtrack with all these songs that are actually in the movie, but that's not what's hot right now. What's hot is that new. And Sandler was like, sure. The whole thing is a cash grab. Yes. And it's a, a real case of the nobody will tell me no's. You can tell that nobody said no during this movie and it doesn't work out. It's also incredible. Well, it's not incredible. 
I don't know what the word is for it, but Adam Sandler is 34 and he still hasn't figured out that you can write a movie with a woman character that isn't your girlfriend. <laughs> like he hasn't put that together. Like other than like a, a mean older lady or a woman who has had sex with somebody. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, there's always a flatulent bus driver. That's right. That's right. I don't think we have a flatulent bus driver in this, although we do have lots of fart noises when Hitler gets pineapples shoved up his ass. Oh, yes. Which I believe, once again, I, I think we're all well-schooled in the rule of threes. They only do that bit twice. Hmm. Rule of threes. You got you to gotta shove a pineapple up Hitler's ass three times or do well, a variation. You know how they humiliate Hitler in hell? Oh, yeah, that also... They make him dress up well. like a French maid. <laughs> I We were watching this movie. Sweet Mitchell watched it with me. And Sweet Mitchell also told me that he had this movie on DVD and used to watch it all the time. Now, Sweet Mitchell is a few years younger than me, so he's much younger than all of us. So it makes sense that this would have hit with him a little bit more. Really, yeah, smack dab in the middle. Yeah, but when we were watching it, I just looked over at him and I said... Watching this and remembering that this is what the year 2000 was like, I'm amazed that we're not bigger pieces of shit than we are (laughs) because (laughs) this movie is just a series of like homophobic jokes. It's pretty much all it is. It's all gay panic. All gay panic. Also, the um, so there's a character that Lil Nicky ends up living with for a while who is a aspiring actor failed actor and i could not i could not tell what the target was i mean or if i could tell i couldn't understand why it was a target because he's basically like a a highfalutin actor he's got a he's got a a doormat that says i love acting um that the dog pees on hysterical uh with cgi piss and it's it's a running gag that that yeah that you have this this actor and it just seems to be i just was sort of like is is he is he making fun of like people he's worked with in other movies who took the craft super seriously and and he's sort of like poking fun and but i yeah i, I just couldn't it was it was a weird thing to see and i didn't quite understand i couldn't understand where it was coming from it was a it was a weird unusual choice also the hairstyle of that guy what was that supposed to be i don't even know i don't know you know what we haven't listened to any songs. We haven't. Let's <laughs> Guys, do it. Well, you can keep talking about this. There's so much to say, but let's listen to the soundtrack. The first track is School of Hard Knocks by P.O.D.
me hip hop along Cassidy. Rapping catastrophe, but only time would tell. Could we accelerate fails like LL? Maybe Phil, I was ill, music before we up. Went to the doctor, DOC gave me the formula. Hey, young world, the world is yours. Took my whole wide world in the metaphors. You kept me straight when times got hard. So let me reminisce over you, my God. Matt, we're going to start start with you. You um, are a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah, man. Class of 97. <laughs> Does this represent your school and your experience there? Well, there was a Slick Rick, Rick uh, reference, so of course. Okay. Hey, young world, the world is yours. But other than that, that song is not my favorite P.O.D. song. <laughs> it's right. kind of middling. It's not good. It's weird because I expect it to launch in certain ways that other P.O.D. songs do, and it doesn't quite get there. I, I, I remember thinking that this song maybe was a ripper, and then visiting it for the for the episode, I was like, oh no, it's it's not really, never quite takes off, it's not quite there. And this is this is in between the South Town and, and um, before Satellite, so this is before that. But the interesting thing was then I was like, well, who produced this song? And the producer on this song is one Rick Rubin. Mm. Here we and go. What? Yeah. And I was like, that's surprising that Rick Rubin's the one that got this out of them. I, I would have expected more. I mean, clearly, I mean, they went with Howie, Howard Benson for for Satellite clearly the right choice um but also i mean sometimes sometimes you're sitting there and you're sitting there on some hot tracks you're sitting there on a live you're sitting there on your boom and then here comes adam sandler and he's like hey i want you guys to get to put a song it's gonna be the first song on the soundtrack to my new movie i'm a i'm a proven commodity i'm hits for days you've seen my movies you know and they were like What's your movie about? He's like, I'm going to be the nice son of the devil. And I'm going to make a funny face and whisper all my dialogue. And I'll be a talking dog. And they're like, we have an old song <laughs> that we will give you. And that might be what happened. Jenny, change our minds. You Did you love this song? No. Okay. No. This. It, I mean, it's hard to hear... Southtown and then in the movie and then hear this on the soundtrack in the video for this is this, very weird oh my gosh it's like clips from the movie spliced with some like I don't even it's just like the dog is a character and he blows up some kittens and the kittens come back as angels and they have a big fight. And then the two like metalhead dudes who follow Nikki around are kind of in it. It's just a weird, it feels just as forced as the movie did. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it has a true conceptual through line. And it almost feels like they told POD, this is what the video is going to be. We're going to film you in this alley. We're going to have fireballs. We're going to have some green screen. And then we're going to fill it in with something. And they said, sure, that's fine. 
we got, you know, that's fine. Do what you got to do. Just don't fill it full of dicks. That's all I ask. And they're like, no, we would never do that. But then they filled it with angels coming out of the sky, dogs and cats fighting, shooting fireballs out of their hands. And it's truly inexplicable. The video is on YouTube in a not preserved way, very low quality. And I get it. <laughs> There's a reason this was not lovingly preserved. Songmeanings.com had some comments, though, from some people. I think one, Jenny, you might want to check with Mitch and see if he actually has a secret <laughs> Song Meanings comment, comment account. Because, well, for one, the commenter's name is Creed Rocks 13. Okay, mm, well, I think that might <laughs> rule Mitch out, but okay. who knows? Who knows? And he says, I love this song, and I watch Little Nicky every day. Every day? Every day, Matt. Wow. Awesome, awesome song. I love it. Music video is a little strange, but hey, it's a good song. There you go. And then uh, that was posted on July 2nd, 2003. And then... On October 2nd, 2020, mere days ago, Well Hung Jared 68 said, I attended the school of hard cocks. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Got him. That's got to be one of ours. It's got to be. Well done. Well done. And I know you just went there and wrote this because you knew we were going to read it. <laughs> but that's, accomplished. Hey, but you, you did it. All right. Up next, we got Pardon Me by your boys in Incubus. So you think Act One, uh, pull into Funky Ken's house. Okay. Um, you see T-Mobile uh, pay stubs on the kitchen counter. Um, in the background, uh, like on the walls, perhaps there's like posters from legendary funk bands and or maybe there's a record player with like, it's kind of vintage kind of like a Marantz, something like that. And uh, maybe Maggot Brain is out or something like that. Um, but then you, you, you push to the couch and, uh, Funky Ken is, is out cold, um, seemingly because of, uh, a night of hard funkin. Um, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's the first, that's an establishing shot. You start that's, at his feet, which are, are of course, uh, platform shoes. And then you're going up the bell bottoms. You're, you're coming to a white ruffled pirate shirt. Um, you get to the top with the permasoft hair, and then uh, you see that he's asleep. True. I don't think his clothes fit. No. These <laughs> these are... Are they well-worn? Is it... Okay, it is 2020 because of the T-Mobile tie-in, but he is dressing like it's Disco's heyday. 
Yeah, the clothes are too tight. Yeah, I think Jenny's right. I think they got to be too tight. I think they got to be a little too tight in the waist, um, in the belly area. I think that's yeah. going to sell. He's going to be pouring out of this outfit. Yeah. What is, what is your inciting incident that will get Funky Ken off the couch and into adventure? Well, I mean, we can do we can do with some tried and true, but I think I think Team Mobile is in trouble. I agree. I agree. I think that's the way to go. Follow, I think John uh, Legere gets kidnapped. Ooh, there you go. I think you know what you should. We should do the um the the McGruber route. You know where Legere gets kidnapped. They call in the best of the best. They all get wiped out. All that's left is unlikely hero, Funky, Funky Ken. Ken. That's not unlike little Nikki. I do want to point that out. That's that, why I'm yeah, saying, like, yeah. if little Nikki can get made, why can't a Funky Ken vehicle? Because Adam Sandler is a wealthy and proven. Yeah, box he was a cash guy. machine. For- he was. Now, he was a cash machine. Look, I'm not saying that this Funky Ken movie can't happen. But I am saying that we wouldn't be able to afford to have, pardon me, in the movie. Well, yeah. we could definitely, I mean, we could get funk songs because I think at that at this point, it wouldn't be that expensive to get like the Bar K's or something like that. Like that could work. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, Matt, switch it up and just get your bass out. And just give us that funky background, you know, really. Give it a slap. Let, you know what? Make Just this give it a, a real snap. Make this a real auteur moment, Matt. Written by, starring, music by. Nas, 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 Nas. <laughs> I mean, I can see a push in on this. Like, ooh, did somebody order something funky? This is this is the scene in the car where the person who has to help him get John. Ooh, ooh, are you thinking are you thinking mismatch buddy comedy? Of course, you got to have ooh. like That seems to be the problem with little Nikki is that everybody is like this is normal. The, the, everyone is weird. There is no one who's a straight up straight normal person in the movie. So he has nothing. That is a good point. I hadn't even thought about that because all the other movies generally do have yeah, like normal people around who are like, hey, Happy Gilmore, you're kind of insane. Hey, Billy Madison, you're kind of nuts. But in this movie, everyone's a weirdo. There's no one grounded. You got uh, a weirdo. Who's grounded? Harvey Keitel as the devil is probably the most grounded, reasonable character in this whole thing. That's true. He's I mean, a little the, bit like horny. He's but... a little horny. Yeah. Well, he's, I couldn't tell if he was horny or lazy and like phony. To, like, there was this part early on where he did like a line reading, and I was like, Harvey Keitel was like, cannot wait to cash this check. Easiest check I've ever gotten in my life. But it was interesting, though, to like, I, I always know that Harvey Keitel was not like a tall guy, but he seems incredibly tiny in this movie, even before his legs start falling off. That's true. He was, I, I thought he was the closest to like a, a straight man type character. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, there seemed to be maybe an attempt to make, is it Patricia Arquette? Yeah. Patricia Arquette, her character, but then once again, her character 
kind of underwritten. Don't want to blow any minds here. But, uh, <laughs> this character seems a little underwritten. They were like, she's weird. Slap some glasses on her. Yes. Yeah. Either you're underwritten or you're just a weirdo like him. Yeah, because they, yeah, I think they're trying to like make this big point about like, oh, you know, he's the son of the devil and he's on Earth. Isn't this crazy? But then they have him live with this weirdo actor. So it's like, well, he's a weirdo too. So you have two weirds. There's no, nothing really takes it up over the top. Hmm. Uh, I believe this song plays over the courtship scene where yes. Nikki is floating outside her window. That's right. He floats up to Patricia Arquette's window and she forgives him for... First, first she hits him so he falls. Then she's like, please don't die. Then he stops falling for some reason. It's never established why he is or can fly. I, I, I don't understand. Like The powers and uh, yes. abilities in this movie make no sense. This is, this is the, the foreshadowing that he is... Well, I don't know if it's foreshadowing, but it's it's the be it's the beginning of the bit of reveal that like what powers Nikki, unlike his brothers, is not purely evil, but it is a balance between good and evil. Because we find out that little Nikki's mom is an angel. What? So he's both angel and devil. So he he can't quite realize his powers because he's too good. But then when he feels love and he thinks there's butterflies that are raising him up to see his quirky fashion girlfriend, Patricia Arquette, who was meant in this movie to look like an absolute maniac, but just looks how people look now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She looks like a couple people that we know personally. Yes. A weird, a weird choice there all around i guess this song works for the scene totally and you're thinking 2000 you got pod you got incubus putting this song on a soundtrack would have caused me to buy it well how about how about this next one jenny well this is a fucking soundtrack staple change in the house of flies deftones So um, Funky Ken's partner is a is a woman, of course, and then <laughs> this is the song they bone to. Oh man! But wow, then Matt. Funky Ken wakes up and realizes that it was all a funky sex dream. Wow! Wow! Okay. Sorry, you know what? Uh, I, change in the House of Flies. Yo, like. let me tell you, when we were picking these soundtracks and. Jenny, you were like, we're definitely doing Little Nikki. And I looked at it and I was like, I gotta listen to Change again. And the first two listens, I was like, I can't hear this song anymore after this. But on the third listen, I was like, ah, I'm back. I'm back around. I love you. You're great. I mean, I'm not gonna listen to this song again for a while, but for a minute there, I was kind of hitting hitting my saturation point on Change. Uh, this plays over the credits, I think. That's right. So I don't think we have anything. That else. is weird placement, Matt. If you saw this movie, there's no, there's, there's nowhere. Nothing approaches this level of sensual chino or gravity or or whatever 
there's no place for this but the credits. No, there is there is an extended sequence where they are watching a Harlem Glo- Harlem Globetrotters game, and Nikki realizes that his brother is impersonating the referee and is basically ruining the game. And so he goes down there to basically stop his brother from ruining the game and ruining the Globetrotters. And there's like a fight and a dunk contest. And Dana Carvey is the evil ref. It goes on for an extremely long period of time. The Some of the gags are, once again, I, I mean, I believe at one point, like an old woman takes her top off. So it's like, ah, old lady, like that bit. And and then at one point, there's a weird one where, like, the devil makes all of the Harlem Globetrotters just hit their heads on a table. And I was like, was this banged out in an afternoon? Like, it's just... Oh, dude, we could, we could make the Funky Ken movie, and it would be just as coherent right now on what we have. This is true. This is true. So I, yeah, I really, um, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is that you're in that sequence and then you're out of it. Never to return. You just keep moving. I mean, at one point, Nikki's, I think at one point, Nikki is accused of murder. Yes. He's accused of mass murder, I think. Yeah. He's accused of murder. And then he's like running from the citizens of the, of the city. and, And you're like, well, this is going to be a problem for the rest of this movie. He's a wanted murderer, but then no, he's not anymore. Just yeah, just that part's done. That's it. And also, he, he turns into like a bunch of spiders. He does. Yeah, just yeah, just arbitrarily turns into a bunch of spiders. Well, that's how he escapes because he turns into a bunch of spiders, and then everybody's afraid of him. Right, but where is that even? That's a thing he can do. <laughs> I didn't write the movie. Did anyone? <laughs> no. Uh, Up yeah. next. Up next. We've got Rock Superstar by Cypress Hill. Got a lot of uh, sharks out there trying to take a bite of something. What's hot? A lot of chameleons out there trying to change up. Mm. Anytime something new comes along, just me. Everybody wants a bite. Don't happen overnight. So you want to be a rock superstar and live large, big house, five cars, yeah. you're in charge, coming up in the world, don't trust nobody, gotta look over your shoulder constantly. I remember the days when I was a young kid growing up, looking in the mirror, dreaming about growing up the rock crowd, make money, chill with the honeys, sign autographs, and whatever the people want from me, shit's funny, how impossible dreams manifest in the games that be coming with it. just an idea that popped into my head yeah as much as i love the diversity of funky ken having a female sidekick or female 
character helping him out. What about Funky Ken teaming up with Charles Mansion? <laughs> wow. It'd be double duty for you. But That's true. I mean, and I mean, am I up for the task? No. Yes. But. Yes. Absolutely. The things they can do with CGI and trick photography. 100%, Matt. You saw the social network. Oh, I'll be a Winklevoss twin in the, a minute. There you go. I think there might be something there. Because Funky Ken and Charles Manchin, those are very two very different guys. I don't, I don't enjoy the funk. See? There you go. Right, right away, they're going to have this clash of tastes. On top of that, Funky Ken is a grown man. He's held down by no rules of parents. Charles Manchin, if he's going to help out. I'm 15 years old. He's got to sneak out. It's going to be a whole thing. Is going to be... I mean, they better not cross state lines. We've got a problem. No, good point, Jenny. We'll what if it's like a local. Dutch situation where this is uh, Funky Ken's... Um, new wife's child Could that, be. That, would, that, that might work that might work yeah except the thing though is that funky ken is such an uh such a giving guy that somebody was like hey i need you to take care of this kid he'd be like sure cool whatever that's true so we could just set it up yeah. in a way that's not creepy right i think it's possible i'm um, almost 16 yeah <laughs> um real quick thoughts on rock superstar by cypress hill great song jenny i mean not the song's not for me i have a i never really liked this one i it's always it always the fact that it's called rock superstar rock is in parentheses it's like there's another version of it that's rap superstar it does really just feel to me like somebody said hey New metal's popular. It's rapping with rockin'. You guys could totally do this. And they were like, absolutely. We already have a song. We'll just swap some stuff out. And apparently Chino's on this song. I guess the person that I've read some stuff that says the guy talking at the top of the song is Chino. I kind of don't know if that's really what Chino would sound like. If, if it's true, if it's him, then fair enough. But yeah, this one, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really rock for me. It's that thing of like, oh, when people are always like, oh, you know what? All those people that rap on new metal songs, those guys can't rap. You got to get real rappers. But whenever they do get real rappers, it never rocks hard enough. Never rocks hard enough. I think you're both insane. Whoa. Be real is real. And this is a great song. All right. All right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's not his fault that the guitar doesn't come in harder. It isn't? He's he's like one of the lone credited people on this song, Matt. Hold on. Yeah, there's only three people. Produced, arranged, and mixed by Mugs for Soul Assassins? I don't know. I feel like the blame is... The call's coming from inside the house. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody needs to be blamed. I just don't like the song. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just reminds me, like, I don't think there's ever going to be a situation that I want to be in where this song comes on. <laughs> okay. That I respect. <laughs> One million percent. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I get that. It does have this beginning that makes me think, no, nah, not right now. 
Well, here's the thing. I feel like Jenny would probably be in a situation where this song comes on and then she has to watch somebody play like NBA Jam or something. Yeah. Just like the vibe of this song to me is like my least favorite vibe to be around, which is like white guys going like, what's good? What's good? Like trying to start a fight. And I'm like, no, no. I grew up in Westland. I've had enough of that. I think Don't press me, bro. Yeah, so I'm bringing my own shit to Rock Superstar, and I I can see how it would be a song that somebody would enjoy were they not bringing their own shit to the song. All right, okay, there well, we have it. Up next, we have a song that I don't think anybody's bringing their own shit to. Because <laughs> probably very few people have heard this song. Uh, this is "Natural High" by Insolence. <laughs> of lyrics on that one matt you seem like a pretty cool guy i'm a, you know you seem like a pretty cool guy jenny matt that seems like a pretty cool guy right oh for sure but matt are you down with weed <laughs> <laughs> i'm a straight up narc when it comes to oh me. well this movie this movie this song is all about weed it's a very pro weed song it's about that natural high you get from weed that comes from the ground apparently the song's in the movie i do not remember it if i were to guess maybe it plays over a scene in which he eats popeyes in which there are many well they do eat a weed cake at one point Ooh, i forgot about that they do eat a weed cake that's right and then everyone's laughing for a really long scene. Mm. Wonder why I forgot that scene. I don't know. I don't know. We'll name me never know. This song is very funky. Mm. Very funky song. But definitely new metal all the same. Insolence, not a band I am familiar with at all. Jenny? No, I had a moment of wondering if we'd done this band on the show when we were <laughs> listening to the, well, when I was listening to this. I was like, I we done them i don't think so i even went back and looked i didn't see and i'm like just waiting for it to be like no no you've done insolence but i don't think so definitely a band we're gonna get to <laughs> i don't know are they on the long list 
Uh, they're not on the long list, and they don't even have a Wikipedia page. And so I'm I'm looking up, I'm looking them up right now online. They have a lot of records. It seems like they've been around since 1995. They have full albums on Spotify, ton of them. Holy cow! So they're around. Maybe. the The one that this is on, I think, is called Revolution. It's from 2001. I looked this up because I was embarrassed last time we talked that I completely <laughs> forgot a record we did. You're right. I'm looking at their I'm looking at their they're they're on some a website called Ever Ever Everpedia and it lists their discography. Vicious Circle Within Universal Poisonous Philosophy Revolution Stand Strong Audio War Uprising Beats Not Bombs Project Conflict and the product EP. It's a lot of music from Insolence. Also, the list of former members longer than current members. Um, so, all right. All right. I mean, I don't know. Let us know. Do we need to do an Insolence album? Keep do they posted? even have one? I just listed seven. No, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> well, that's well, okay. Matt. I know why, Matt. I know why, because you are amped for this next one. That's, I am. That's right. Points of Authority by our boys in Lincoln Park. Yeah, Charles Mansion in the house. Did somebody order something funky? Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame And put your name to shame, cover up your face You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, it just won't last We've heard this song before. We have, although Matt, you were not on that Lincoln Park episode way back in the day. So do you have any never-before-revealed thoughts on points of authority? You know, here's the deal. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have new... uh, I never... Here's what I know. Okay, let's just... I'm okay. going to stop it for a second here. All right. Okay. Did you know that for $190, you can get Hybrid Theory Deluxe Ultimate Box Set? Matt, I'm only interested if the poster is unreasonably sized. I would dare to call it oversized. 190 buckaroos in this economy? Still a steal. Christmas around the corner. Jenny, I know you're making a list to give Sweet Mitchell. Oh, yeah. You could throw this on there and say, it's not even that much. Just put a little note. Say, it's not even that much. Big poster. Think of all the things you get. Yeah. That's what I'll say. On top of that, last weekend, I woke up and I checked pitchfork.com just to see if they had any new reviews. And they had a review of the hybrid theory 20th anniversary box set wow they gave it 
a 7.6. New metal is back, baby. That's pretty good. A solid 7.6. A solid 7.6. That's from a mere... Pitchfork. That's a Pitchfork 10 for new metal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that's the same rating they gave Ohms. Which is honestly, I think they I think they uh, I think they blinked when they reviewed Ohms. They went too low. Should have gone higher. That should have been an easy eight something. But, you know, take what you can get, I guess. Jenny, is this over a chase scene in the movie? When does, do you remember when this plays? I don't remember when this plays, but I, well, did it play? It's according to the back of the CD, only two songs are not in the movie. And we have not gotten to them yet. But this one, they say this one is in the movie somewhere. I don't think it's in the credits. Hmm. It's somewhere in there amongst all of the Popeye's chicken and uh, Nikki getting hit by subway cars, turning into spiders, um, hanging out with those metalhead guys. Uh, what other things does Nikki do? He goes to a basketball game. We said that. Um, he gets ice cream. Oh, he does get ice cream. That's a whole bit. That's a whole bit in the movie. Um, also, he's um, bundled up. He's always wearing like a lot of parkas and gloves um, because Earth is so cold and he's used to it being so warm because he's from hell. And it's one of those things where it's it's in every shot and it's so prominent. They make such a big point out of the fact that Nikki is so cold and he's constantly wearing parkas that they must have thought this is hilarious. What's funnier than a winter coat? what and i do not think it translates i feel like you had to be on set i feel like on set adam sandler bundled up must have been the funniest thing but in the movie he just looks like a guy in a, in a jacket yeah think about all it. the bits about the people from hell needing to stay warm in new york like there wasn't i don't think there was like adequate setup for it because one of the first one of the things that you see is that one of the brothers has possessed, I think it's the mayor of New York or like a police chief or something. I think it's the mayor. And this mayor is like delivering a speech and you see this person standing at a podium and they're standing on a very hot pizza. Yeah. But it's just super confusing, or at least it was for me. I was just like, what? And then when I saw the other brother's feet were wrapped in tinfoil, I was like, oh, they're cold, I guess. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, I classic winter move of mine is, is wrapping my feet up in tinfoil, but it's just very confusing. Yeah, the pizza move is one of those ones where I think this is the, this is the, this is the shot you want to go to to introduce this idea is this classic motif of how does someone keep their feet warm oh they stand on a pizza a thing that famously stays warm when the box is open right leave a leave a pizza box open right that pizza's warm for hours for hours, hours. it's nature's it's nature's furnace nothing it's an, nothing, open, it's an open pizza box <laughs> nothing a pizza loves more than staying warm let me tell you true 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 <laughs> speaking of hot stuff oh here we go up next, we've got Stupefy, Foo's Forbidden Little Nicky Remix by Disturbed. Good morning. 
disturbing creation from the mind of one sick animal can't tell the difference and gets stupefied. All right, this seems to be taking quite a long time. There we go. continues the trend that we found on the scorpion king soundtrack taking an already perfect song and adding some beeps and boops and some crunchy noises you can't you can't you can't make set it off by pod any better than it already was and you certainly can't make stupefy any better than it already is Mm. true it's not better but it's still good it's still pretty good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this was in the movie and i looked at mitch and said now this is peak draymond <laughs> that's right and then he slipped divorce papers across the couch. oh mitch Shh, these are for you <laughs> wow wow tough talk from a guy who watched this movie every day as a child <laughs> every day uh wow well yeah, I mean, I, I looked it up. It just says remixed by Foo, whoever Foo is. Doesn't leave any other notes here. Doesn't really add anything. It's just, I mean, they were like, we'll put Stupefy on the soundtrack, but we'll we'll bleepy bloop it, make some things on it. Doesn't make it better than the original. Um, is what it is. I don't think we have anything else to say about that. No. All right. All right. Up next, we've got Nothing by Unloco. I've got... Nothing left for you to take away I know you blame me for every time you walked away So what? You hate me Yet everything I seem to do So look back, don't turn away It was my face that you were lying to So, I gotta tell you, this song is pretty killer. This is pretty good. And I was like, Unloco, I, I was thinking like you, Jenny. I'm like, Unloco, we did these guys. We've never done these guys. Mm. What? We've never done Unloco. It's been and suggested to us, though. It is. They are on the long list. They have two albums on the long list. Let me pull them up here. They are, and this long list is long, uh, Healing and Becoming I. I believe Healing is the first one. This song is from Healing. 
you guys, we might need to do an unlocal episode. Because this thing, bass line is pretty killer. This vocal, very hot. And then there's some lyrics in here. So what if it's not the same? Every word out of your mouth is shit. Wow. Okay. How am I not? How have we not done an episode on Unloco? Because here's one thing based on that lyric, they are loco. I don't know where this un came from. Disproving your own name with lyrics like that. Straight loco. Straight loco. Completely loco. Definitely loco. Loco. Jenny, what'd you think of this one? I thought it was all right. I don't don't think I was quite as, um, I wasn't quite as excited as you are, but I was like, okay, this is like a pretty straight ahead new metal. I wouldn't be surprised if this band, like, did they just have two records? I I haven't dug any further. There's just two on the, on the, uh, on the long list though. This kind of strikes me as like a. So the reason I think this too, it strikes me as like a band from this era who they were just like, all right, this is what, these are the kinds of bands that are popular right now. So let's like put out records. And the other thing is like the soundtrack is on Maverick records and it features Maverick recording artists pretty heavily. So this really and truly is a soundtrack of just hits this thing is almost top to bottom just hits. So you throw an unloco in there. That's a great way to give them a little bump and get some visibility. The old bump. But not enough of a bump to include it in the movie. According to a little asterisk here, not in the movie. There we go. They were like, unloco, you're on the soundtrack. Dandy Warhol's not on the soundtrack. You get an entire montage. Bohemian like you. We love it. Great song. So yeah, I'm looking at the wiki uh, looking at the wiki. The Wikipedia. No, the Wikipedia. Um My Wiki. My Wiki. Uh they have two albums and one EP. And the last album came out in two thousand three. And And they weren't worthy of the movie Little Nicky. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, maybe this song is about being told you're going to be on Little Nicky's soundtrack, but you won't be in the movie. And the guy was like, I'll take it. (laughs) I was going to say every word out of your mouth is shit. But also I'll take it. I'll also take it. Mm -hmm. All right. Up next, we've got When Worlds Collide by Power Man 5000. heard it before but i gotta hear this chorus again sorry guys feels good this song still a rock bop 
Still a great one. Jenny, I know you were thinking about, you hearing the song, you're just thinking, man, to be back in school telling people I had a hot weekend skateboarding at my grandma's to this album. Oh, yeah. For sure. Love the song. I mean, look, always will. You can't change me. Don't try. (laughs) Don't try to get me not to like this song because it won't work. It will not work. And I I went over to songmeanings.com because I don't believe we were really diving into the, the site just yet when we did this album on the show. And I found a couple pretty good comments. People in general consensus on the quality of this song. Rain of Blood 666. Sounds like somebody who has to have seen Little Nicky said, This is a fucking awesome song and a fucking piece of fucking art. Mm. Three fuckings? I, pss, who am I to disagree? Who am I to disagree? And uh, we also had a comment from I Am The One To Testify who said, it sounds cool and it's better on Little Nicky. What? Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Now, we've been talking about our opinion of the movie Little Nicky. It was famously... A commercial flop and a critical failure. We needed to check in with our boy, the late great Roger Ebert. He reviewed this movie on November tenth, two thousand. Day it came out. Ebert was there opening weekend because he's a critic. That's all he does. All he did. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. Jenny, what did old Raj give little Nikki? Now this is a guess, right? This is a guess. Jenny does not know. Well, this is out of four stars. I was initially going to guess zero. But you said he was a little kinder than you thought. Yes. So I'm going to say two? Two and a half. Oh, that's so many. It's so many. This review, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to point out a couple things. It says, I've met Adam Sandler a couple times. All right, Roger, right out the gate. Okay. Man, okay. Jeez, all pick right. up this name you dropped. Oh, hey, buddy. I met Adam Sandler a couple times, and he's a nice guy, smart and personable. Considering what I've written about his movies, he could also be described as forgiving and tactful. What I cannot understand is why he has devoted his career to finding new kinds of obnoxious voices and the characters to go along with them. And he describes how Sandler speaks in yet another bizarre Sandler voice, sort of a mush-mouthed, lisping whine. He says, thinking back over the movie, I'm not sure why. Nikki is an intriguing comic character whose appeal doesn't depend on how he talks or looks. Sandler's contributions indeed detract from the character. I tried to imagine the movie with Nikki played as a more ordinary guy, and I think it would benefit. Not a wrong take, I don't think. And um, he talks about whether or not Sandler finds it too painful to play himself in a movie and feels that he needs to put on some sort of mask or something in place of actually being more real. I don't know. I think he's just goofing around. I, I, I think with the benefit of hindsight and having seen the other movies that he's done, I think that's kind of proven to not be true. I think he just likes to do goofy things with his friends. And after describing the movie a little bit, he the, the, the closing paragraph of this is the most surprising. The movie surrounding Nikki is actually pretty good. The best Sandler movie to date whoa <laughs> wow what roger i mean it was a wow. different time there were a lot of really good actors in this movie there were i think what it is is also that roger if you go back and read his reviews of happy gilmore and 
the wedding singer and Big Daddy is that he does hate Sandler's more bullying, angry characters. He's not there for it. And here he's playing like a nicer person. I think immediately he was like, oh, good. Somebody that's more likable. So I guess from that angle, it makes sense why he would think this is one of the better ones because it isn't like, yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, he closes at the end. He says, all of this is kind of fun. And some of it more than that. I can see how little Nicky could have worked. It's just that Sandler at the center is a distraction. He steals scenes and we want him to give them back. He's 35 now. I know you can play an adolescent all of your life. Consider Jerry Lewis. But isn't it time for us to see the real Adam Sandler? When I met him, I thought to myself, this guy has movie star potential. Well, Roger, eventually you got Punch Drunk Love. And eventually you got that Uncut Gems, baby. So it all came around. But still, best Sandler movie to date. Wow. Shots fired. Tough. Wow, 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 wow. All right. Up next, we've got Cave by Muse. Did any of you go through a muse phase? No. Mm. No, not really. Like I Dude, fucking Lawrence got ice in his face. Of I course. Some, of I got course. some thoughts on these guys. I think Muse is fine. Like I I remember Absolution getting a little bit of airplay on my college radio station. And I worked at record time when Black Holes and Revelations came out. So I heard it a lot then I think they're fine i'm not like a huge fan or anything but i know i i can only imagine the take we're about to get from lauren based on the size of his smile did you have a muse phase matt just before we get this oh whatever fire yes indeed okay. <laughs> i think i think matt's still in his muse phase based on no this. no i'm, oh. I'm i have i punched out at black holes in revelations i'm i was there for showbiz which i thought was okay Origin of Symmetry, I think, is a great album. Absolution, I very much enjoyed. And by Black Holes and Revelations, I was pretty much done. So I was in college when Absolution came out. And that record kind of bounced around a couple of our desks. And I listened to it and I was like, I guess this is fine, but we've got Radiohead. We've got Coldplay. We've got Travis. We've got all this. Like, what are, what are these guys bringing to the table that nobody else is? Because they just sounded like they heard all those records and were, like, trying their best. And eventually, 
then they put out the black holes and revelations and it was like clear they were like well we know we can't be radiohead and we're not gonna be wimpy like coldplay so we're just gonna be proggy and in the process in my opinion became unlistenable and everything they've made since then is literally just throwing their instruments down a hallway i'm just like i don't get it at all and they're they're now like in a huge arena band and i was like more for you i guess but i don't get it at all they're just a cacophony now there was one i don't know if it's from that record but there was like some music video where they're like having like laser gun fights in the desert or something like that knights of cydonia <laughs> or some shit yep that's yeah that's and i was like you know what all this effort can you and i felt like i felt like i felt like a hundred year old man when i spent the first time i heard it i was just like can anyone write a tune anybody ever thought of making a tune somebody wow. can hum you are yeah. truly like so funny to me <laughs> and it is about to be highlighted why this is so funny to me on our next track (laughs) uh yeah so muse not here for muse which is which is fine there was a moment there where this came out and ashes free all angels came out and i was like music what do you want they got it buddies well, didn't Absolution come out like the same? Is that 2002 or 2003? I think it's 2003. Then if it's 2003, it's the same summer as Hail the Thief. And I got Real Radiohead right here. Mixomatosis. They're there. Other tracks from that album. <laughs> I mean, Wolf at the it. Door. Wolf at the Door. Get about it. Get it out of here. So, yeah, it was, two yeah. plus two equals five. Another Radiohead classic. Radiohead. They've got songs. Mm. They got songs. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, not here for Muse. That's okay. I mean, I'm crushed, but I get it. <laughs> I just think it's funny that you have such a hot take on Muse. Uh huh. And like, yet. Yeah, we're about to listen to Filter, uh-huh. and you fucking love Filter. I sure do. I just, I don't know. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Up next, we're going to listen to the only good Filter song. Whoa! <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just fucking with you, Lauren. Up next is Take a Picture by Filter. Hey, Dad. 
What do you think about your son now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I like this song. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It's just so funny. I I really do love how much you really, really love the things that you do love. And how strongly you feel about things that you do not like. And it just like... I obviously my brain is different than yours and it's just so funny to me to hear you like go hard after a band like Muse who like even if you don't like I mean I just think that like they're pretty talented musicians right like I don't I don't dispute the fact that Muse know how to play their instruments do they know how to write songs I think that's still up for debate I just, I don't know. There's something about coming so hard for Muse and then loving Filter. Ouch. Hey, man. (laughs) I I have been so kind to Filter, a band that I would rather listen to never. It's just the way that the soundtrack was sequenced is almost as though we could have this conversation. Was that the true intention of the Little Nicky soundtrack? It might be. Might be. I mean, yes. Yeah, so I uh, yeah, I love this song. This is one of the great filter songs. This is off of Title of Record, which is the best filter album. The thing is that Filter's real strong suit, Richard Patrick's real strong suit, is songs like this, but he seems resistant to really embracing this. And there's like three songs on the follow-up album, The Amalgamate that are in this same vein one of which is called uh the only way is the wrong way and if that record had had like a proper rollout and there hadn't been all this drama and he hadn't gone to rehab and everything although if he hadn't gone to rehab probably would have died but that i think that song would be just as popular as this one and those songs are just like they're just great but i mean he tends i'd say in the last few filter albums he's he's leaned a little bit more into like doing the really heavy stuff which i still really like a lot um but this i mean the first time i heard this thing i was just like i loved it and the thing was I, when i first saw filter live and they did this song he seemed a little embarrassed about it like the like like this was the song that they and ultimately they got super popular with and he he was like, I, we got to do this son, but, but I, I, I'm almost like, it's a little too soft or whatever, but I mean, it's great. I love it. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I listened, I listened to this song like crazy in 1999 and, and really never stopped. Never right. stopped. <laughs> there you go. Always listen to this song. I, uh, I had to dig into song meanings.com cause we'll probably never be back here again just to see what everybody had to say uh 93 comments glad to see my filthy showed up mj wit 518 said this is the type of song that you can listen to over and over again and never get sick of this is true for me this song represents those moments which stand out in our lives definitely a classic thank you thank you thank you wow and then my hotel year said once i was showing this chick the time in her dorm room and one of her neighbors turned this song on, probably because the place was paper-thin walls and they were sick of hearing her. And I stopped and she was like, why did you stop? And I said, I like this song. And she said, oh, so do I. Give me the end of that story, my hotel year. Did you marry her? Because she sounds like a keeper to me. 
Oh no, the next the next sentence was we both nutted. <laughs> yep. That'll happen. That'll, That'll happen. Once Richard Patrick hit that nutted. God, nutted. I want to I want to someday curse somebody that every person they sleep with forever will say I'm going to nut. <laughs> forever. <laughs> like including themselves when they're alone. Oh, oh like, no. Like like if they're going solo. Yeah. They still prior to climax go I'm a nut. I'm a nut. <laughs> yes. That is a curse. If I ever... Such, what a curse. That is such... That is the best kind of like innocuous... More Like it keeps getting worse. The older you get, the worse <laughs> that curse gets. Like you're a dad and like you're still like, oh, I'm going to nut. <laughs> yeah. Look. Gross. Those are, these are the oh. only kind of curses... I love to think of curses. This is a hobby mm-hmm. of mine. Like if somebody makes me really mad, I try to think of like an innocuous curse I'd like to place on them. I can't wait for the person that I, if I ever get curse powers, people are going to have over. so many annoying, weird things that happen to them. Yeah. Well, Jenny, uh, may I never wrong you because <laughs> you are an ace curser. Oh, yeah, for sure. This song is in the movie. It plays over the heaven sequence where Nikki meets his mom, who's an angel, played by Reese Witherspoon. I, I think we've only got one left. So, Matt, if you have any questions for us. Hey, how respectful of our time is this album? This album comes in at 48 minutes and 31 seconds. That's pretty damn respectful. I'd say so. I'd agree. All right, our final song. Be quiet and drive far away. Acoustic Deftones. Listen to this before, and each time we listen to it, it's like, oh, okay, Matt. I think what you meant to say when you heard her this song was, "I'm gonna nut." I'm gonna nut. Oh yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I was. I was gonna say it. <laughs> uh, you got Central Chino in full effect. You got this little crackle on the on the on the track. Makes it feel very intimate. And in this case, when when Chino is saying, be quiet and drive far away, I don't believe him so much. I think he wants you to slide a little closer. Mm. That's what I think. Be quiet and drive far away. Far away. With me. With me. Because I want a nut. (laughs) Yeah. Jenny, did you already curse us? Yeah, that's how my curses work. They've got to be public. And oh, no. Public curse. Public curses, yes. B 
people have to be like, that'd be a great curse. And then they have it. It's like you said, it it would be a great curse. It's part of it. It's a really convoluted system, but it works for me. Uh, What'd you think of this song? I don't, I don't know about this. I, I definitely prefer the non-acoustic version of this song. I was traditionally like a big sucker for the acoustic versions of songs this one didn't quite do it for me i don't know how i would have felt in 2000 though probably differently yeah this does eventually end up on the b-sides and rarities deftones record i think whenever i listened to that record by the time i got to this track i was like ah, this is over <laughs> turn it off uh yeah this is fine yeah no, that's the thing it yeah. if if you were like, I like this song, this is probably the better place to pick it up, right? Than the B sides and rarities. Uh, n- I mean, no, there's some there's some rippers on the B sides and rarities. Um, plus, I think you got every music video to date on that. I don't know. Should we do that one on the show? I don't know. Hmm. Something to Let consider. Something to consider. And that's the album. That's Little Nicky. Music from the motion picture. This song also, by the way, not in the movie. <laughs> One of two songs. Seems like an odd ad then. I mean, I guess they didn't want to end and take a picture. I don't know why. Fitting finale. What a way to go out. I guess they wanted a an even 12. They're like, is it 12 songs? That's how many songs are on Nevermind. That's how many songs are on Little Nicky's soundtrack. Wow. So now it's uh, the part of the show where we talk about cannon talk. Talk about the cannon. Jenny, we'll start with you. Uh, so Little Nicky is a movie. Didn't work for me. Um, I joked several times to Mitch that all the hell scenes were a special kind of hell for me we didn't talk about kevin nealon having boobs on his head oh we didn't <laughs> I, th- I thought that'd be all we talked about and somehow we we missed uh we missed that part indeed it, he does have boobs on his head the whole movie and then we get rodney dangerfield talking about like oh my wife inspired hell <sighs> like oh god just kill me now like i was just like i can't do this that said i think this soundtrack is a banger it's solid 12 songs it's mostly packed with really good songs um i think you get a lot of good new in here i think this is a solid soundtrack maybe the most solid soundtrack we've heard so far what do you think lauren uh you know i i mean with this one i guess i was kind of struck by the fact that there was just so little like new songs new songs on this and so for me it was more of like oh i'm hearing all these songs that i've already heard like a million times which i guess in 2000 they wouldn't have been so played out i mean at this point i mean change had just come out on like a couple months earlier and same thing with stupefy you know uh take a picture is not even a year old i think when this comes out so I mean, for that, I guess I could see as like if if you're not going to pick up those other records, but you want to get everybody in one place, we could certainly do worse. Um, you know, just skip the Muse song and you'll be all right. 
Oh, uh, fucking come on. <laughs> oh, you thought I was done with them boys, those British boys? I think they're all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they're doing fine. Yeah, they're doing fine. Uh but yeah, I mean, but it was weird to me though to watch the movie, which I felt was mostly a hair metal movie, and then it has this soundtrack, which I don't really think is representative of most of the music that's in the movie. Um, I mean, we don't even mention like Ozzy shows up at one point as like to like save the day and like eat the head off the one brother who's turned into a bat, and um, yeah, just the whole the whole thing seems to be here. Here's a weird. Here's a here's a pick a nits, um, pick a nits. Well, I want I want I want to yeah I want to nitpick this real quick. So, how old are the brothers supposed to be? How old is Nikki and his brothers supposed to be? Well, I don't like I don't think that time, time as we understand it doesn't apply. Because their dad has been the ruler of hell for 10,000 years and will continue to be for another 10,000 years. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the equivalent would be okay. for these brothers. Well, okay. Not even thinking about so much like physical appearance wise. But they are in hell. They are basically co-rulers of hell. They are not, they're basically going to be torturing or doing some other hell jobs. Nikki, it seems, is left to his own devices in his room to listen to music and enjoy himself. Am I wrong? Well, I think that they're all, none of them are in charge of anything. It's just that they have these different personalities, and his brothers are both pure evil. He is not, so he's different. So... One of his brothers goes around doing like sexy mind tricks and his other brother is just like a brute. Right. But it seems like those guys both have their interests pretty clear cut and what they know they like to do, they go out and do. Nikki, clearly a fan of music, all those movie, all those music posters. When we first see him, he is air, well, not even air guitar and he's guitaring with an axe like pretending to play guitar to running with the devil. And my first thought was, why isn't he playing a real guitar? He's got all this time. He's the son of the devil. Shouldn't he know how to play guitar? Shouldn't he just be playing for real? No, he's just kind of a burnout and he doesn't have a thing. And that's why he has to find himself in his thing. Because like, if this weren't set in hell, let's say this is like a rich family. Somebody's got to take over the business. The one brother would have been a jock. The other brother would have been like a super smart guy. And this kid would have been the burnout in his room. Doesn't really have any talents. Making him good at guitar would give him a talent. And that would give him a thing. He needed a thing. I see. Okay, I'm, I'm just ca- thinking, I'm defending little Nikki now. You this did, you did it well. You did it I well. Coming. I mean, I was you just are thinking- taking a real apology tour, <laughs> for little Nikki. And here's the thing about Kevin Nealon's boob head <laughs> and the nipple <laughs> tweaking that goes on. Oh my lord! So much, so much. They put brassiers on him. It's just this ongoing thing. Which once again, clearly, they were on set like Nealon. You're gonna have boobs on your head this whole movie, and it's going to be incredible. You know what we didn't talk about? And I know Mm. that we've been talking for a long time, but I would like to mention how this movie is set up. 
the introductory scene to this movie. Oh, this <laughs> intro scene. I'd completely forgotten about this. And then I was like, oh, that's right. This is how this movie starts. This movie starts John Lovitz sitting in a tree with a picnic set up for himself. It's dark. He's got binoculars. Ladies Night by Cool and the Gang is playing. And he's a peeping Tom. He's peeping on a woman who is changing out of her clothes and he's saying all sorts of gross stuff to her. Her son, her this like little kid walks in and is like, mommy, something. And John Lovitz calls and tells the kid to like go away and says he's a bird or something. The kid takes a slingshot, knocks John Lovitz out of a tree. He dies and gets flung into hell. And that's how we are introduced to hell in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's then, where he gets uh, humped by a bird. That is yes. true. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. He gets humped by a bird a lot, and he says, I deserve this. It was not how I remember the movie starting. Also, <laughs> the mother that he is peeping on is Laura Elena Herring from Mulholland Drive. There you go. Didn't even know she was in this movie. Weird way to start the movie. Uh, also, once again, they do not follow the rules of th rule of threes with that humping bird. It only happens twice, and that's it. And Spend they only the have on. one Dan Marino cameo. Oh, you know what? That was not bad. That that part was not bad. <laughs> I mean, was it good? I mean, it feels like I feel like in two thousand it probably hit even better. But I mean, I mean, I see what you mean. It just like felt so much like they didn't even give one second of thought to if this movie would age. <laughs> oh no. This, is this movie was of the now. Of the now. Totally of the now. Uh, if Tila Tequilo showed up, you know 100%. True. Oh, is this from 2007? I know, right? Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. That's all about Little Nicky. And, oh, wait, Matt, did you have any final thoughts? I'm sorry. Skip over your final thoughts on this soundtrack. Y yep. Uh, Muse has good songs and Not Filter's okay. Oh, and boy. <laughs> I know that we have all heard these songs a million times, but if we were to hand somebody a soundtrack. That's what I was going to say. Like, this is the ultimate Christmas gift soundtrack. Mm. Like, or, yeah, yeah, I think it's like a great Christmas gift soundtrack. Like, I don't know. He says he's into Disturbed and stuff like that. Oh, let me give him the old little Nicky soundtrack. So... You both are presenting the idea then that the Little Nicky soundtrack should go in the canon. I mean, that seems extreme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I say it out loud? When you say it out loud. Perhaps the junk drawer. Or perhaps... Yeah, I mean, a lot of these songs are already in the canon. In the canon already, right. Okay. So it just kind of feels like, uh, in case of new metal need, break glass, and there's a copy of Little Nicky there. Yes. Yeah, new metal yeah, emergency I, CD. New metal emergency. When it, yeah, if, 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 if someone is taken to the hospital, they need new metal stat, you throw on Little Nicky soundtrack, and you can just cycle through the song. You're like, what does he need? Does he need some POD? It's not working. Go to track three. Change the house of flies. All right, we've got we've got a heartbeat. We've got a heartbeat. They're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. Stabilize them by skipping to stupefy. All right, they're gonna be okay. And then a few hours later, you come up and you go, 
how's my son? He was coming earlier for a new metal deficiency, but they said he was stabilizing. He's doing okay. We had a, we was touch and go for a minute there when we got to the Muse track, but we brought him back. Don't worry. We brought him back. Papa? <laughs> I'm going to nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Beware all it, ye who break this glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does not go in the canon because too much of it's already in the canon. It, it's probably, yeah. Uh, it's just a cursory off mention of like a good... A good sampler. Good it's sampler. a good sampler. It's the new metal sampler. It's the new metal sampler. All right. Well, there you have it. Another new movie month entry checked off the list. Jenny, when do you think you will ever watch Little Nicky ever again? Never. Okay. There we go. And uh, that is uh, that is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Next week we're closing out new movie month. With something spooky. Uh, so keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, leave us a review over on iTunes. Help with the Twisted 2 Hundo. Twisted 2 Hundo, Hundo never done. Never done. And uh, yeah, get us to 200 reviews. We'll do a Twisted app. And until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.